Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I am the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'm happy to be with you this week to talk about a timely topic. What about the debt ceiling? Now, it is possible, likely, and certainly desired that by the time this podcast is published, uh, Congress and the White House will have agreed on the debt ceiling, and this will be an interesting topic to listen to, but not anything of immediate importance. And that's also not a possibility. And that's what we want to talk about is what would it mean for various outcomes regarding the debt ceiling. If you have any questions, please shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. I also encourage you to swing by the Learning Center, register for some of our upcoming webinars. We just had a great session on the double-double. Uh, that'll be uploading soon, the recording to the Multifamily Real Estate channel, again, at the Learning Center at marapoling.com. Uh, so please take advantage of all that great content and sign up for some of the webinars that we have coming in the future. Uh, we uh, are committed to providing uh, what we hope is really valuable educational content, and it is free. Uh, simply the price of admission is a little bit of time on your part. So with that, let's get into this issue around the debt ceiling. Enormous disclaimer to start with. We are not political. We have no dog in this hunt in terms of who quote unquote wins or who quote unquote loses. This is specifically about the economic impact of this activity that goes on periodically in Washington. The debate about should there be a debt ceiling? Should it be automatically raised? Uh, should it be uh, done away with? Uh, who's uh, to credit or to blame for what happens? not anything that we're going to ever be talking about because those aren't issues that we are focused on relative to our multifamily investments. What we are focused on is what's the impact of this process and the potential outcomes. And so we're going to walk through several potential outcomes and just chat about what we believe based on answers we've had to questions we've asked, because we obviously have interest in this and want to make sure we're prepared appropriately, what would happen and how we would deal with it. One last overall caveat, do not take anything that I share with you today as gospel that that is in fact what's going to happen, or that I actually even know what I'm talking about. And what I mean by that is this, much like when COVID hit and the economy was intentionally shut down, nobody knew what was going to happen. Everybody had ideas, but nobody knew what was going to happen because we had never done that before. Well, the United States has never defaulted on its debt before. And if that occurs, well, I've got some things to share with you that have been shared with us the reality is nobody knows what's going to happen. So these are just some ideas that might help you think about how this might work. And the bottom line we believe ultimately is this actually underscores one of the reasons we like being invested in multifamily real estate because of its stability, in particular in times of economic uncertainty, which is 
exactly where we would be if there was a default. So let's walk through some potential outcomes to this debt ceiling uh, process. So it is possible, and as I said, it may have even already occurred that a deal is reached. And if a deal is reached, it will essentially kick the can down the road some period of time. Now you can do that 30 days at a time, right? There might be an agreement that that puts enough cash in the till, if you will, uh, to buy us another month or so. And it's also possible uh, that they reach what we would consider a real deal that takes us through you know, the end of the year or possibly even beyond the next election cycle, which I would assume is, is maybe what their objective is. Um, and then people will, uh, you know, claim victory and look at what we got and all that good stuff. What that means for us as investors is, um, status quo, uh, at a minimum, this is baked into every number that's out there right now. Uh, interest rates, fed activity, everyone is operating under at least the assumption that we get a deal. Now, when we get that deal is what we'll talk about next. But the base assumption right now is economically, and again, these are the answers to questions we have been asking in the financial community, uh, is that in fact a deal gets done and uh, that's already priced into interest rates and everything else that we see. There should be relatively no impact to the job market based on this activity. Now I said, kicking the can down the road, meaning a short-term deal. That maybe increases some concerns, although that's historically a very common activity. So just getting a 30-day extension probably isn't any cause for alarm. So again, that's kind of baked in. All right. There's some other uh, odd scenarios that have been floating around um, the... Uh, uh, the the discussion, the conversation about how uh, white the White House might be able to operate unilaterally and do something, or there might be some additional tricks the Treasury could use to to buy even more time. Um, we're not really looking at those as as real scenarios right now. The more significant scenario is to look at the timing of a deal. So the belief is, yes, there's going to be a deal, but it comes down to when does it happen? So we already said if something happens this week, uh, you know, uh, several days in advance of us getting to the brink, probably already priced in everything. What if we get close, though? And remember, this is not an actual date, right? So there's not a date that we as a country run out of cash. It's uh, it's a forecast based on the treasury looking at essentially the checkbook, right? How much money we have coming in and how much we have going out and how much is quote unquote sitting in the bank. If we get close and by close, I mean, what if we come down to that day, that evening? What if it's even essentially at at the stroke of midnight on the day this is going to occur. And again, maybe it's not an actual stroke of midnight uh, event. It could be two in the afternoon, right? Uh, but what if we actually get right down to it and then there's a deal? There'll be some disruption in the markets uh, and that's going to occur because the closer we get, there'll be greater uncertainty. When there's uncertainty in the markets, Again, our assets we like because they're stable 
we're also dependent upon the economy, uh, the jobs market. Uh, we need tenants that have uh, stable, consistent employment at a reasonable rate that allows them to qualify to be tenants in our units. And so if we get right up to the brink, right up to the edge before a deal's done, there may be economic activity that people have begun to push off because we're getting close to that. And some of that might be priced into the current uh, numbers, um, but possibly not. So we could see some impact. I've heard estimates of um, maybe there's a few hundred thousand jobs that either aren't added or that are lost across the entire country. Now we've been adding more than that each jobs report. So uh, a relatively small impact from that. And again, everyone would probably say, great, we got a deal, let's move on. But what if we actually default? And that's really the, the question to, to look at. What if we miss this? What if we move into that period of time where the treasury simply does not have cash to pay all of the debts and they have to prioritize what they can pay. Uh, and uh, we end up in a situation where somebody's not getting their check. Uh, is that a you know Medicare recipient, a hospital, a social security recipient? Is it a veteran? Is it uh, a military contractor? Is it the military themselves? Are the soldiers not getting their paychecks? What exactly is the impact of all of that? Well, if we get into that scenario, even if it's just by a short period of time, the markets will absolutely respond, not just nationally, but internationally. And as that occurs, uh, many organizations will move into a defensive posture, which will cause uh, more job loss uh, and trigger the beginning of a recession. That is the general assumption is that playing around with this and actually moving into a default tips the economy into a recession. So setting aside for a moment what the debt ceiling means and its impact potentially on interest rates, and we'll talk about that in a moment, it triggers a recession, which we invest with recessions in mind. We're long in real estate. If you're going to be long in real estate, meaning you're going to own real estate assets for five years, 10 years, 20 years or more, not necessarily the same asset, but you're going to own real estate assets over that period of time. You're going to own real estate during a recession. It's it's going to happen multiple times during your investment uh, life. Therefore, investing with recessions in mind needs to be part of the process. And that's why we like multifamily so much and class B in particular because of the resilience. That doesn't mean that a class B multifamily asset won't experience some occupancy issues when a recession begins. It simply means that it will be muted relative to what A's and C's and maybe retail and office and other segments of commercial real estate might seem. And there'll be a bit of a rebound. And that's because of that cushioning between A and C. The real risk comes from a protracted battle that puts us in a position where a deal is not met within a day or two of defaulting, but it takes a week, it takes two weeks, it takes a month. And in that period of time, it really is a scenario of no idea what would happen. Obviously, we would be in a recession. There'd be a question about just how deep the recession would be. Uh, 
Uh, and as I said, both of these events will affect the interest rate uh, markets, the debt markets. Now, if you have an investment, whether it's a property you own yourself or you're invested through a syndication uh, with a sponsor or possibly with, with us, with more polling, the greatest exposure would be in two scenarios. One, for any asset that you had to refinance, right, where the debt was expiring and you had to put new debt on it, well, then you're going to have to go out in the debt markets and interest rates will be up. The other would be if you have any loans that are tied to floating rates. Now, we talked before about floating rate loans and the fact that one of the protections for a floating rate loan is something called a rate cap, which is an insurance policy that protects against significant movements in the base interest rate that the floating rate is tied to. So your rate cap would protect you. And we have loans that look like that on some properties. The vast majority of our assets are uh, fixed long-term debt. Uh, and put us in a position where uh, we'll be able to look at this from the sidelines and not be overly concerned about uh, about interest rate movement. Um, and our floating rate loans, as I said, are protected by caps. There is a scenario, though, where also you would be impacted, and that is if you're looking to be a buyer in this market, right? So if you're going to be a buyer and interest rates are moving up, then you can't afford to pay as much for that property which means cap rates are going to move or deal flow will shrink or both. And it's probably both. So there'll be fewer deals to be had because sellers will simply say, I'm not going to sell at $15 per dollar of NOI. I need $18 per dollar of NOI. And if I can't get it, then I'm just not a seller. So there'll be fewer properties available for sale, which interestingly enough, makes the ones that are available for sale more valuable because, again, a supply and demand issue. And for those deals that are secured, there'll be more expensive debt. And then the question becomes, how do you structure that debt? Do you go with shorter term debt, uh, maybe a five-year debt with the idea that you're going to refinance out of it in a couple of years? Uh, or uh, do you do a longer term uh, piece of debt and simply deal with the fact that you're paying 30, 50, 100 basis points more than you would have paid otherwise? And the reason I say 30 or 50 or 100 is I have no idea how much interest rates might move. No one does. Our interest rates, effectively, the long-term fixed rates are tied to the 10-year treasury. That is the precise investment vehicle that the debt ceiling attacks. So if in fact we do default and we end up in a scenario where it is protracted for some period of time, it really falls back to the basics of we own quality assets, we've put quality tenants in there. Um, it is highly unlikely and very difficult to imagine a extremely protracted period with no agreement. Um, it's even hard to imagine an actual default, but we have to consider it. Um, but we're talking about the beginnings of a recession uh, that we would then need to climb back out of. And does that take six months? Does it take a year? Um, the Fed has been uh, pulling back on economic activity through interest rate movement as a way of trying to not bring on a recession, although some would say that's been their goal, but to really slow the overheated growth that we experienced for a period of time 
this would most likely put them in a position where they would need uh, or be able to stop that strategy and potentially even look at a strategy where they might do something else with interest rates uh, to help the economy recover from uh, whatever might have uh, have happened if this occurs. Hopefully for all of us, this is an interesting, if you will, uh, water cooler conversation for all of us to have. And as I said, by the time this podcast is published, there's an agreement or the agreement comes uh, fairly soon thereafter before we actually get to the quote unquote deadline. Uh, and then this just becomes a um, uh, academic conversation. If in fact we find ourselves in a situation though, where we do end up near or over the line on the default, um, you know, the thing that we think makes the most sense is continue to play the long game. Uh, we're very excited that our dollars are in real estate and that they're in multifamily. We think that's a good solid place to be. Um, how those assets perform in the near term is gonna be the way they would perform at the beginning of a recession meaning there'll be a little bit of occupancy movement uh, that'll have a, a effect on short-term uh, cash flows. And then uh, there'll be a recovery of that as uh, the Bs really experience that, um, that buffering from As and Cs. So I hope that everything that we've shared today is interesting and ultimately not necessary for anyone to use. Uh, if, in fact, we do get to some scenario that looks like one of these, uh, we'll do a follow-up session about, okay, what exactly did it end up actually looking like? And uh, and we'll dissect it from that standpoint. Um, as we said, though, at the end of the day, a uh, good place to have your dollars is in multifamily, whether that's with Mara Polling or a firm like us or directly in assets that you own yourselves. Uh, those are good, stable, secure investments. It's one of the reasons we love this category so much. Uh, and it should allow all of us to sleep as well as night as you possibly can uh, as an investor with these kinds of activities going on. As I said, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And swing by the Learning Center, check out all the other additional content that we have there. Would love to have you uh, join us for one of our upcoming webinars. Uh, enjoy uh, one of the over 250 uh, podcast episodes that we've produced over the last uh, seven seasons. Lots of great content there. Uh, and if you have any thoughts for what you'd like to hear us in uh, address in terms of new content as we go forward, shoot me an email and let me know about that as well. And with that, I thank you. Have yourself a great week and join me next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Pullen.